Bluetooth wants to help you have better sex. Discover your options at Bluetooth.com. Chew it and do it. And we have a special offer for our listeners. Try Bluetooth for free when you use our promo code SOS at checkout. Just pay $5 in shipment. That's Bluetooth.com promo code SOS to receive your first month for free. Visit Bluetooth.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Bluetooth for sponsoring the podcast. Welcome to another episode of SOS VHS. Today, we have another great guest. He's an actor, comedian, podcaster, a great friend of the Bad Friends family. His name is Adam Raid, and his favorite movie is The Dark Knight. So, grab your popcorn, and here we go. Bro, thanks for having me. Big fan. You're great on the show, dude. Um, and congrats. This is a new, new show for you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All just you. Out of the shadows of, 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 of the ginger and the uh, uh-huh. the Asian. <laughs> exactly. What's his name again? Yeah. Daryl. <laughs> cool. That's Steve. Steve. <laughs> oh, man. So let me start by asking you a question about, uh, I understand that you were class clown on high school or that you were voted like, you know, something like that. Is, is that true? Are you just going to talk to me like you're not dressed <laughs> as the Joker? <laughs> <laughs> this can is amazing. You, can you do a Joker voice? You probably can do. Oh, I better. think everyone when that movie came out. I know. Almost annoyingly, every guy, like I feel like I saw so many actors posting videos in full makeup, being like, "Why so serious?" Or like, I even, I, but then you'd see funny ones of guys and like. To me, the ones that stood out were like the guy being at a Taco Bell drive-thru and he's like, how much cheese is in your gordita crunch? <laughs> you know, and I was like, well, that's kind of funny. Or or maybe the Joker, you know, you know, I don't know. I'm always a fan of the quick impressions of like, you know, here's the Joker, you know, coming too quick on this first day of a porn shoot called, you know, the the darkest uh, cock. I don't know. Um, I'm Improv stuff. Uh, so here he is. <laughs> so you know it's like stuff like that really piques my interest but right. i think yeah everyone's got some heath ledger and we're getting right into it here yeah um heath ledger to me is even though he had a short-lived career did a lot of stuff but you know didn't even get to reach his full potential i think is um still should be considered one of the greatest actors we've ever had that performance is bonkers. Um, yeah. But ben so, yeah. Joker? Uh, <laughs> uh Yeah, I will say that. The Nicholson one, Nicholson is also, I'm a big Nicholson guy. Yeah. Uh, and that's the third time I've said that today. Um, <laughs> I think Jack's Joker was uh, set the table and also just really made that movie um, extra special. I yeah. think also Keaton's the best Batman. That Batman, but I think it's almost like the way people talk about SNL casts. Mm-hmm. You know where you were in your life high school is usually the the time that's synonymous with how much you enjoyed that show uh so the batman with um keaton and, and nicholson is what i remember coming up on and probably being in the right age where i was like wow was it kim basinger was in that yes i think i i don't know if i had wet dreams or just like just came in my pants a lot but she man she and that, and then my stepmother is an alien. I think I would see it was on like cable because you know we couldn't record stuff onto a VHS until maybe a year later. 
Otherwise, I would have had, I mean, I think it was the first time I saw a real tit that wasn't my mom's was basing her and my stepmother's an alien. Yeah. And you know, I had a stepmother at that time. So it was already, you know, tugging at the heartstrings as far as like, this isn't what my stepmom looks like, you know, right. otherwise I'd be, you know, staring <laughs> at those. But, um, oh yeah, but uh, she's, she's beautiful in that movie. It's like, a she's gorgeous. Yeah. Like, hello, beautiful. Yeah. Is that one of her lines? <laughs> yeah. Oh, or was that the Joker <laughs> meeting Joker. Kim Basie? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Is this the way you said that? Yeah. I don't know if your natural voice is a little <laughs> jokery or you were trying to do hello, beautiful. Exactly. Nice basing our tits. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, when do you remember when you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. The producers here. Yeah, I'm here. Uh, what's your uh, name again? Hey, I'm Pete. I died. <laughs> Pete, great to meet you, man. Nice to meet you too. Uh, I, I'm sorry, I'm dead. I, I can't really move. Oh, good, dude. Touch my mouth. I'll touch it for you. That's what she said. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure that most people have seen this movie, but could you give me a quick summary of of the Dark Knight? Sure. I think what people love about the Batman films in general is the uh, the sense of loss. Everyone can connect to that. Um, as a kid, I'm not a huge superhero guy. Mm. You know, I played Wolverine at Universal Studios from 2005 to 2008 um, before my uh, boss, Jenna, shout out, ex-Disney princess who put on a little bit of weight and then decided to have a little bit of an attitude towards people that were now, um, you know, running the character shop at universal and trying to, you know, move on from that world. She would chastise me many a times <laughs> when, um, yeah, bad friends own Bobby Lee was starting to take me on the road doing stand up comedy. And I was like, right. Bobby, I, I'm also Wolverine, man. I, I got, you know, I gotta, I'm splitting time here. Um, and he's like, well, do you want to stay there forever and die as fake Wolverine? I was like, wow, I did not think of it like that. Right. So I um, started calling in sick and and uh, to go on the road with Bobo. And that became a, a nice way to make money and also just get experience. And it really just changed a, a lot of stuff for me. It didn't change my life. Bobby was so generous on the road and, and still is. And I think he's definitely set set the standard for me when I started headlining of how to treat openers and how to just treat people. Oh, yeah. Bobby That's, doesn't get enough. He has a great eye for also comics and how. Oh, totally. Everybody who he. Even though he doesn't give me enough uh, shout outs when he talks about his past openers, but that's right. fine. You know, <laughs> you forget the greats. Um, no, but he really uh, deserves a lot of credit for how, uh, how considerate he is uh, to, uh, to other people, especially comics coming up. But, but so um, left the uh, Wolverine world and, um, and it gave me a little bit more of uh, an interest in the the comic book character world. But Batman, to me, always was the coolest because, I don't know, it's like even Nicholson said it for all of us. Where does he get those wonderful toys? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, fuck, he had like a, he had a butt plug that was a stopwatch and he had a <laughs> fucking, I don't know, I haven't seen the movie in a while. But he had a, he had fucking, yeah, yeah. the car of itself was Unreal, I think was isn't the Cape Crusader his nickname? Yeah, or is that they no the Cape Carmen Crusader. San Diego? Who no, is that? No, yeah, that's, right. Yeah, Carmen San Diego also had a cape, uh, <laughs> and also a fucking fat clit. I don't know. Uh, she uh, she was a woman. Yeah, uh, you couldn't tell the hat and the coat sometimes were misleading. Um, I digress. But the first Batman saw it, <clears throat> became a fan, and I think like most kids, I was like, man, I'm I'm waiting for the story to uh, to expand. Enter Dark Knight. Christopher Nolan's like, oof. You ever taken NyQuil and DayQuil at the same time? <laughs> we'll fucking get ready to experience that on the big screen with uh, Christian Bale. And people shit on his Batman voice, but like, 
kind of has entered into the zeitgeist of like, you know, I just, okay. like, here's another quick impression for you. Yep. Here's Please. Christian Bale's Batman trying to find the clit. And I know I've already done one clit joke. But, but yeah, but it was the right spot. Thought, yeah, it was the, the what? To the right spot? Oh, right <laughs> wow. It is your show. Nice. Wait, now say that looking into the camera going like this. <laughs> yeah, all right. That was a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Here's Bruce Wayne, Christian Bale's uh, Bruce Wayne, mm -hmm. looking for the clitoris. <clears throat> Where is she? Where is she? <laughs> Yeah, you know, that sounded better in my head. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Um, all right. So, uh, so, so, why do I like the Dark Knight? What is I the Dark Knight about? Yeah, what's the Dark Knight about? Boy, we got regular Katie Couric over here. <laughs> uh, what do you think it's about? Have you seen it? Yeah. Wouldn't that be great if you hadn't seen it, but you just I, were like, no, is this what the I, makeup looks like? Yeah. <laughs> is this who the Joker is? No, I, great makeup job, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. I, they went all, all in. I saw your episode uh, with Bobby when you did um, uh, Pulp, Pulp Fiction. Fiction. And uh, so part of me was like, fuck, should I dress up? Didn't have enough time. I do have a Batman suit that I bought uh, my sophomore year of college. I went to USC uh -huh. and um, it was in a frat and there was a, um, <laughs> a themed party called Saving Lives. And I had this Batman suit that I bought because everyone was a nurse and a you know, doctor and you know firefighter. And I went as Batman. There's the only one was Batman. And I it was the first time I ever blacked out drinking. I think it only two other times it's happened um, in my 41 years. Um, or I'm 41 in my 20, I've only been drinking about 20 years, I guess. So in my 20, I didn't come out of the womb, like shot, 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 shot. But I, um, we can edit that out. I, uh, I passed, passed out and blacked out in the Batman suit and got carried down the fraternity row by a couple of bros. And our fraternity row at USC was one strip, like sorority fraternity, one after the other right. for a, a long street. So it was like when people went out, They'd walk along the street from house to house. They'd sit on the porches. It was just a, a whole street was a party starting on Thursday night. Pretty cool. And um, God, I miss those days. What and year was that? 2000, uh, my sophomore year, so 2003. No, no, I'm sorry. I graduated, yeah, 2003. Okay. Um, and so I, I, there's a lot of commotion, a lot of people on Thursday night, and I'm getting carried down. It's about 11, 15 at night. And one of my buddies, the same way in Jerry Maguire, uh, when they're like, Rod, wake up. You got to see this. And he looks around. And he's like, wait, wait, wait. Just let me enjoy it for a minute before he gets up. Mm -hmm. My buddy goes, dude, you got to wake up. And I kind of slowly open my eyes and everyone on the row is like cheering and screaming like Batman because Batman is being drunk, carried by four dudes down the row. And everyone was like going nuts, cheering for me. It's the greatest I've ever felt. And uh, I'll never, uh, I never achieve more happiness. No, it, uh, it was a sad day. I held on to that Batman suit and then went on the show Blind Date. Remember the show Blind Date hosted yep. by Roger Lodge? I went on as a joke twice. I wore a wig and uh, I, I brought the Batman suit because in my head I was like, oh, it'll be really funny when we get to the hot tub. Hopefully we make it that far. We didn't. She was from Chico State. She, we drank Manischewitz wine. They wanted me to give her a Hebrew lesson. They're like, you're a Jew. Do some Jew stuff. They didn't say it like that, but they, it was implied. And so I taught her a Hebrew lesson. We drank Manischewitz wine. We took te tequila shots. She passed out in the van uh, and we didn't make it to the hot tub. But in my eyes, in my head, I was like, man, it'll be funny if we're sitting in the hot tub and there's a wide shot of her in a bikini and me in a Batman suit. And then they cut to a close up of me and I go, bathing suit. They said, bring a bathing suit, not Batman suit. And I told that to the producer and he goes, 
dude, what do you, what, different what? Show. what are you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are you trying to do? Yeah. Different show. He's like, aren't you trying to get laid and meet the love of your life? I was like, fuck no on this show. Um, anyway, so, um, the Batman suit, uh, I, I, I had because I, um, that was my favorite character. Again, this all goes back to the story of the dark. Knight. <laughs> yes. That was your original question. Thank you. Dark Knight starts off and, um, look, it's, uh, it's chaos right out of the gate. Bank robbery. Any good, you know, villain-based heist, you know, the city's on fire, you know, arm the teachers, you know, <laughs> just fucking where people are freaking out, losing their money. You know, it's, you know, very very Florida-esque when you see a, a, a crime-filled movie where you feel like everyone in that city is like, they're, they're introducing trans math and Hebrew science, you know. Just people are not all there. And I'm sorry if you have listeners from Florida that are like, that's not what they say. <laughs> well, fucking Google it. Um, so the buses drive out of the uh, bank uh, and uh, Heath Ledger is not wearing the Joker makeup yet. Or maybe, no, he is. He is. He's wearing a mask, though. It's terrifying. And he basically robs the whole bank and then shoots all of his homies that helped him rob it. That's gangster right off the bat. Mm-hmm. One of his buddies gets out of the bus, remember, and he's like, hey, where are the other guys? And then Heath Ledger shoots him and then just keeps walking. It was so cool. And then um, this actor, he's a great character actor. He was on like Roseanne for a couple episodes and uh, he was on Entourage. I think he was Johnny D- Drama's boss. Remember when Johnny was like, I don't want to do Johnny Bananas, Phil. I'm an actor. I don't want to do cartoons. Hey, Turtle, find me a blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> If you haven't seen any episode of Entourage, that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Shout out to my boy, Jerry. Um, so so this guy's lying on the ground, and he's like, you have no respect. He's like doing a Rodney Dangerfield bit. He's like, you got no respect for anybody. You're just, a, you're just a thug. And then Heath Ledger comes over and takes the mask off, looks just like you, Andres. And he's mm-hmm. like, you remind me of my father, who once said... You know, one in the pink, two in the... Again, I forget the fucking dialogue, but he said, you remind me of my dad, and I always hated my dad. And then he put the fucking smoke bomb in his mouth and drove away. And and then, of course, Gotham's like, the city's on fire. Mm -hmm. The kids are shitting their pants at recess. You know, moms and milfs are getting scissored in their hot tubs. People are uh, freaking out, is is my point. Uh There's a lot going on, and there's not enough control. And Batman's like, somebody's got to do something about this. And Michael Caine's like, well, well, I thank you, Batman. Batman, I thank you. <laughs> I never said I could do a Michael Caine. I, I can feel the judgment in this room. So Michael Caine convinces Bruce Wayne to step it up to the streets, too. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great if he was like, I think you need to step it up to the streets. <laughs> and then looks in the camera and goes, bing. <laughs> and he's get a little QR code for buy step up to the streets on DVD. Honest, I can feel that you're starting to tune out and that's on me. You're, you asked me one question and I've taken, I've taken, this is what Rick Glasson gives me a hard time about. He's like, you don't shut the fuck up. You just ramble and ramble. No, and I'm I, feel like, like, well, I mean, I'm used to comedians and I love them. Okay. And, but I feel like they're always on. Yeah. And I, I also just, you're, you're, you're a good listener. <laughs> So you're making it easy. Also, yeah, I might have taken a puff of marijuana before I came in here. <laughs> and and it, and usually that puts you to sleep, but it's gotten me more excited to talk about one of my favorite movies, The Dark Knight. Yeah, wh- why is this one of your favorite movies? Great question. So I went to acting school 2001 uh, to 2005, USC out here. Uh, had financial aid. My mom sucked off the uh, principal. Um, that's not true. She uh, she <laughs> she didn't she didn't Sally Field Forrest Gump it. Although she would have if she knew it would have you know saved some some dough. Um, 
she wouldn't have. Um, <laughs> we'll keep that in. But she, uh, she, you know, financial aid, uh, you know, single mom, uh, got some help, got some scholarship money. SC is expensive. Uh, not as much as it is now. I can't imagine going to college now. Right. I mean, dear God, I think it was 38 a year when I went. I think now it's like close to 70. That's too much. Hey, that's too much. Um, I hadn't been inspired by a performance in a movie in a long time. Tom Hanks and Forrest Gump in Philadelphia. Brilliant. Um, Kevin Clash is the voice of Master Splinter in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 1. Right. Incredible. Um, That's it. Does your ranking and then... Yeah. And then Gene Wilder, him. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Fact. Uh, original. So good. Johnny Depp in uh, Finding Never... There's a lot of performances that have really uh, tugged at my heartstrings. Keith... Uh, <laughs> Keith Ledger. <laughs> wow. Clearly he's my, one of my favorite actors. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Keith, uh, wait, Toby Keith was so good in The Last Samurai. No, um, uh, Heath Ledger was just blew my mind. I remember going to the theater. Now this is after your school. After school, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I graduated in 05. This was 2008, I think The Dark Knight came out. Yeah. Uh, um, I want to flip this on you real quick. Did you? What did you think of his performance when you saw it? Did you see it in the theater? Yeah, I saw it in the theater. I saw it. It was the first movie I saw that had the... IMAX scenes and then normal scenes together. Yeah. I yeah. was like blown away. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I was in film school actually. And Congrats. Where at? <laughs> at Columbia, New York. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was, I was, you know, I saw the movie like, wow, this is what I want to do, you know? Yeah. And. Uh, well, so that movie turned the ship for you. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those that, uh, that came when I was older that had a big impact. But like, right. Because like you said, most of the movies that I saw in that high school period are the ones that are ingrained in my head. I was right. like, these are the movies, you know. Which other ones uh, are up there for you with Dark Knight? Oh, so many. Jurassic Park is one and, and then Schindler's List uh, like that that year for Spielberg. Wow, okay, Back yeah. Back to the Future. It's always weird to hear 70s. someone say they love Schindler's List. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know, Jew, I know. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. what'd you love about it? You know? It's just like, <laughs> yeah, sure. Like I think- No, I'm asking, what'd you love about it? Filmmaking wise, I thought it was amazing. Yeah, it's a little totally. depressing. A little depressing? Yeah. Right. I mean, it has the hope and all. Anyway. <laughs> You're like, it's kind of a bummer. Yeah, it's what? kind of a bummer. Yeah. But like all the dark, the dark- um, Movies from the seventies loved all of those, mm. you know that that movie brats, the those kids who were making movies. True Romance, True Romance, I like, but I like the the Tarantino doing yeah. Tarantino better. Uh, Hollywood, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, phenomenal, one of, one of the best movies in the last. Oh, okay, years. I knew yeah. we were gonna be friends. Me, too. I think that too. Yeah, I think Leo and Brad Pitt and that are. Um, it's it's just, I, I could watch it. I, there's not many three hour movies I could watch. A lot. I've yeah. watched, I've YouTubed the scene, that final scene. And if you haven't seen it, I'm sorry, but where uh, Brad Pitt, that fight scene at the end. Yeah. Yep. It's unbelievable. When he laughs before he, like, when he's it's, like. Uh, I love how he, you know, Tarantino in general, his role. But the difference, I think, between like something like Christopher Nolan and him and Christopher Nolan took this serious, you know, kind of like he made a movie. Yeah. Not as a superhero movie. Yeah. But if this was possible. This would be as close to that as possible. One thousand percent. Versus Tarantino is like, no, it's a movie about a movie, and I don't care if it's any of this is possible. I know. Yeah, he's but, really got. You know, I met Tarantino at the Comedy Store about mm, five months ago, and cool. and I get off stage, and uh, the manager of the club goes, "Tarantino's out there." I go, "Holy shit!" I go, "Did he watch my set?" He goes, "Yeah, he laughed the whole time." I go, "Oh my god!" He goes, "Actually, the guy that laughed at one point in the show, it, it, like towards the end of a joke, it was just kind of quiet, and somebody just goes." Ah! 
And I go, Jesus Christ, sir, is that how you really fucking laugh? I go, what a great laugh. I go, that must be tough when your friends are thinking about inviting you out. I just kind of ripped them for his laugh or whatever. And I go, Meh, you know, and then I was like, but I'm glad. And I did this whole thing about people that audibly laugh versus, you know, uh, keep it contained. And so the manager was like, yeah, the guy that you were busting balls was Quentin. That was his laugh. That's and I go, funny. Jesus Christ. So we go out to the patio and I had a flight at, uh, at I think six, no, 8 a.m. to uh, to Baltimore to do shows that weekend. And um, and it uh, it was, Quentin was, um, no, maybe five, was it 5 a.m.? There was only a direct flight. Whatever it was, I uh, went out to the patio and Quentin came out and he was like, want to grab a drink? Great set. I was like, I I changed my flight from, I think, the, the, nice. the 8 a.m. one to the 5.30 a.m. one, which means I was going to stay up all night because I think it was a direct flight because I had shows that night. So I stay on the patio and we chatted for about two hours about awesome. movies, comedy. I'll never forget it. And I asked him a couple of questions about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and about that last scene. And he told me there were a lot of things Brad just, you know, he's like, Dude, Brad's Brad. Brad, you know, he, Brad's Brad. You know, he just brought to the page. You know, there's stuff on the page that is there for him. But then, yeah, yeah. I mean, he just, you know, he was just, Dude, he was just, I, I'm just watching in awe, in awe as he speaks about, you know, his genius. This episode is sponsored by Bluetooth. Let's talk about sex. We always talk about sex in this podcast um, because I'm European. Sex is just part of life. Nothing uh, taboo about it. So if you have any issues downstairs, if things are not working properly, Go to bluechew.com and talk to one of their licensed medical professionals and see if they can help you. I have a couple friends who have tried it and I can tell you their confidence level is up, their, their happiness is up, and it's a very simple process. Do you want to bring heat in the bedroom? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, bluechew.com. Bluetooth is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. The process is simple. Sign up at bluetooth.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescriptions within days. Bluetooth wants to help you have better sex. Discover your options at bluetooth.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special offer for our listeners. Try Bluetooth for free when you use the promo code SOS at checkout. Just pay $5 in shipment. That's Bluetooth.com promo code SOS to receive your first month for free. Visit Bluetooth.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Bluetooth for sponsoring the podcast. But yeah, Christopher Nolan, I think, really crushed... Aesthetically, I think you probably really appreciated the uh, the shot selection. Yeah, and how everything. grand the movie! It was just a big movie. I yes, but the most important thing for me was that performance. I think like this character, the the Joker, was such a. I mean, they always say that you know, the movie is gonna be as good as your bad guy and this bad. Oh, guy, is that what they like, say? Yeah, in terms of like those type. Oh, of cool. He um, he felt like a real person. Yeah, I think Jack Nicholson's Joker was cartoony to me. Right. Even though he was still grounded, because Jack is Jack, like. But it's the world of Tim Burton is a little cartoony anyway. It is. So great, it's great a great ball. movie, but but it's No, it is. It is. Yeah. Fantasy. It's fantasy. And Heath Ledger was a real guy that I felt was like I could see a backstory with this guy. I right. could see that he was a fucked up had a fucked up childhood and and that he just was uh yeah, I don't know, man. It was so good. I I honestly was like almost got goosebumps watching it. 
Um, and so was it the performance that they made the like movie? The, yeah, the, the movie I thought was 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 really great, entertaining. Mm-hmm. I'm not a, a real big I don't want to say movie buff, but critic as far as when I walk out of a film, I don't need to be moved or changed. If it happens, it's because of the performance, right? The last movie that uh, I felt that way was, was again my boy Hanks in um, my man is Otto or my my guy uh, my uh, Otto. What is uh, it? Otto. A guy called Otto. A guy called Otto. Yeah. That a man called Otto. Was that a man called Otto? A man called Otto. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought it was Uncle Otto. Was <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, either way, he he just delivered, and um, and I really was like taken aback by how good he was. And um, look, there's all, every movie that comes out, somebody's great, but I think those performances that like just kind of take you out of the movie for a minute, and where to where you are, like wow is uh they're few and far between and um so was your dream growing up to be like an actor like yeah. like that like no no I'm, but but great question because i my my dream i guess when i started to kind of you know i quit football my sophomore year of high school to play danny zuko in greece and after <laughs> i did that plays were always fun for me i liked being on stage i like to pretend i like to even in preschool i i vividly remember they had a, a, a trunk of like you know, hats and coats and like masks. And I remember just loving to play pretend. That's why I love uh, doing, you know, character stuff. Now I just did this, you know, uh, Dr. Phil live show with Bill Burr at the comedy store that we did his whole special on. It's mm-hmm. out of my YouTube channel. And I got in full prosthetic as Dr. Phil. And I've done a bunch of wild characters, uh, uh, you know, uh, over the years from uh, my, my gal, Jen Aspinall, who was the makeup girl on uh, the Mad TV reboot that I met her on. Um, that's the right response. Just silence. <laughs> Nobody saw it. Uh, it was on the CW. Hey, when you when you want comedy, you go to the CW. And so, um, so meeting her was a real treat because I've gotten to you know create some some fun things and play around. And I loved to do that as a kid. And I didn't really think I wanted to act until I started doing these plays, and it was just so fun. And I like the collab of um, of the theater world and, and you know, creating from the ground up is just yeah. really where I get off. It's creating something out of nothing and with people and just is just so um, but did you Did, did you Shall- get enough attention from your parents or do you want to, you know, you went into this world because you, you know what? attention? I, great question, too. I, I thought about that recently because anyone who's on stage, I think for sure, anyone who's doing comedy. It, there's there's some you're yeah you're not getting something but i will say this like my folks split when i was nine thanks for bringing it up and <laughs> and yeah there's probably a lack of dad attention but my mom i never my mom crushed it but i never felt i i felt like i started to like be goofy and make people laugh because i really started to recognize how it made people feel and I know that's like, sounds like that's a fucking dude. That's deep, man. But it, uh, it's, I think it's pretty accurate. It's like, it made me feel good and it didn't feel like it was, you know, degrading or taking a lot out of me or that challenging to a little bit when you're trying to, you know, you're doing an impression of a teacher in front of another teacher to make right. a kid, a kid laugh or, you know, putting a fucking wimpy cushion on my teacher's chair in fourth grade to make the class laugh. And then get so you were always class. like that. So you yeah, were but, I, but I wasn't like, yeah, always yeah. silly, but, but mm-hmm. not until really, I'd say fourth grade did I really start to, I mean, I remember trying to make my friend laugh during the Martin Luther King. I have a dream speech. We we're watching it in the first grade and I memorized it at home just so I could lip sync it to him during class. Just the idea of lip syncing it made yeah made him laugh and so i was like i'm gonna memorize the whole thing and when we watch it in class i'm gonna do it to him it's not like i fucking dressed up in blackface and did it in the back of the room i just 
just he was just laughing the fact that I knew it all and I was right. like making faces while I was doing it. Very inappropriate, probably looking back. But um, so so she like kind of it. a principle of comedy, you know, subverting something serious and yeah. that, that little thing. Yeah, so funny. so needing attention. I don't know how much that was. I'm sure that's always there. Again, if you're on stage, you're right. you're so, you're needing some sort of a, a validation from strangers is not normal. But um, and so, this is in Seattle, no? This is in Seattle, yeah, where I grew up. And so um, then then acting became at the forefront for me because I was like, this is fun. I want to. Yeah, doing serious movies would be... Robin Williams was always kind of the guy for me that I looked at. That's the career I would love to have. Mrs. Doubtfire, you know, that's a great example of something I... That type of a movie where you're doing characters, you're you're. it's so heartfelt, it's so honest, and um, there's a real story there, and then it's fucking... gets kind of gut-wrenching. And it's... Um, you know, I was doing a bit about that for a while because my buddy took... Um, uh, my buddy's dad took he, myself, and another uh, couple friends to see Mrs. Doubtfire for his birthday, like pizza party and Mrs. Doubtfire. Because the trailer for the movie was like, oh, another classic Robin Williams comedy. Like he's like, right. hello, and it's a run by fruiting, and you're like, dude, this looks fucking hilarious. And then the opening scene, Sally Fields like, cut the fuck out, right? <laughs> it's over. You had a fucking petting zoo, you fucking cocksucker. And I'm like, I just saw the same fight 48 hours ago. You know, this is very triggering. Right. Was that your parents were like in the middle of the? Oh yeah. So yeah. I'm like, I'm like, dude, this is like taking someone back to Iraq after they just watched Black Hawk Down. You know. <laughs> right. Right. So um, that's probably a better example. Yeah. That. But <laughs> um, but it was triggering. Is my point. Um, but I love that type of uh, of an actor. So I was like, oh, that would be cool to be able to do that. So as I went to acting school and got some drama under my belt, and so you always wanted to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think always. Thought of LA as yeah, because it was yep. close to Seattle. I had an audition for um, NYU in New York, but our basketball team, my senior year of high school, was a game away from making the playoffs for the first time in 20 years. And I loved basketball; was my favorite sport. And I was like, "I'm not skipping this game." And so I skipped my audition. I was like, "I'll do my Seattle theater school audition and my LA one, and then whatever happens." But my mom was very adamant about like, "You got to go away for school. You got to get out of here." Even though she was by herself at the time, and you know. Um, uh, sacrifice uh yeah I, I wanted to stay yeah. close to her but she's like you got to get out and um i was like all right bitch easy you know <laughs> and uh so, no, and so i went down to la and and i'm glad i did because even just being here for four years even when i graduated i felt like i was getting reintroduced to la i wasn't leaving campus to go do stand-up i was the yeah. acting school was rigorous i was making sure i was around to to have a social life and and i was dating a girl in santa barbara so i'd go back and forth there every now and then and and um, which was kind of taken away from some of my college experience for the first few years, and then um, and then she married my best friend from uh, from childhood in Seattle, so everything works out the way it's supposed to. And um, I hope they're happy. I made a cartoon about them, <laughs> about them doing that, and put it on YouTube. Did you introduce her, them? Uh, no, they knew each other. They <laughs> okay. basically just started fucking after I after we broke up. And yeah. then my buddy was like, "Is this cool?" And I was like, "He's like, because if it's not, hey man, there's only one you. There's a million girls." I was like. Wow, what a fucking powerful speech, you know? Um, I was like, yeah, man. I mean, obviously, I don't know how you and I continue being homies. <laughs> right. Because it's, you know, I thought I was going to marry this girl at one point. It, it just feels like an unwritten guy code that you don't, I don't yeah. know. We were together he for broke the four code. years. He broke the code. He broke the bro code, yeah. And so he was like, dude, enough said. You know, and I, he basically was telling me without telling me, like, it's that you know, it's not worth it. And then they got married. And I was like, and he invited me and he actually called me up and he goes, you know, when I got to your name, I go, I want him to be there. 
It's one of my best buds, but I can't help but feel like you might be in the back, like talking shit. <laughs> I go, if you think I would come to your wedding, first of all, come to it and then stand in the back and like heckle you. Hey man, we are where we are. And thanks for the call. Nice to hear from you. Right. Happy fucking. Enjoy your life. Name your first kid after me. Mazel. You know. Right. And moving on. Moving on. And um, so anyway. Um, so would, I, would you ask me what my pin number was? What would you ask? <laughs> What's the question? What, what was your first break uh, in LA? I, I, apart from the Wolverine. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I have no opinion. On yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, got to LA. Well, let me just say this last thing too about the Heath Ledger performance. Yeah. When you were saying how it did it inspire me, like I wanted to be, uh, Robin Williams' career seemed great, but seeing the Heath Ledger one, I guess, why I also chose this movie was that performance really um, uh, motivated the um, my my, I guess, hunger and zest for not wanting to just do like comedies. You know, I always, my, my acting teachers were always like, oh, you're a leading man. And like, you gotta like the, you know, don't just be looking at, I know you're the funny guy and you like to do that, but like, you gotta, you've got chops to do drama. And, um, you know, I guess it is easier in a way they say than comedy, but like, I also just feel like because of some of the, you know, whether it's the, you know, divorce trauma or, you know, being a fat kid and getting teased by a lot of, you know, and all that stuff, you, I'm able to access, um, a sensitivity, I think pretty quickly in, in, uh, in, in any parts I do that, that, that require it. And so again, the character stuff with Heath Ledger and seeing how, um, yeah. sincere, would, would you go that far to prepare for a role? Well, that is exciting and challenging and fucking terrifying. terrifying. Yeah. Cause look what it did to him, man. It it broke him, I think. Yeah, this says the rumor says that Jack Nicholson told him not to do the role that it was gonna be no way hard on him, like, uh, and yeah, I mean because I think he stay in a hotel room for two months preparing like the laughter and the look, and he did his own makeup when he came out of that room. Christopher Nolan saw him and say to the makeup department, "Let's do it like this," you know, like all oh. he kept a journal, so kind of like going full method. Wow. Which is worth it. What for if you us. were doing that? What if this wasn't your real accent or voice? Right. This what if is you were this is I, I for the podcast. I commit. You know, hundred <laughs> percent. Have you always talked like this? Always. Like you know, for, 10 years. You, I, for ten years. For ten years, I love when you just went hundred percent. Where are you from again? Spain. Spain. Fuck. Yeah. You have a very. I I enjoy your accent. <laughs> Thank and you. Your cadence and your dialect and um, yeah. As when did your English get real strong? Do you think? For real. <laughs> when uh. So I went to school in New York and and through went to school with George and he would bust my balls every day. So thanks to him, you know, I would I would get because I like comedy a lot and I like to be funny, not not in a stand up way, but like being able to. Yeah, you got good timing jokes and like kind of like play with the people. And it's so difficult in a different language, you know, and like, like I couldn't impossible. be me in English. No. So that was so difficult to right. over, you know, so it took me a couple of years. So uh -oh. you, you love impressions. Yeah, I liked acting. Since, since you were a kid, is that I a think part it's of your... important if you're telling a story that you paint the picture. Yeah, yeah. And so whether that's doing the voice and the face or not, I mean, man, if I'm telling a story about some dickhead on a plane that that when I was pressing the uh, TV on the back of the seat a little yeah. bit too hard and he turned around, which this really happened about two months ago, and this guy turns around and goes, hey, man, <laughs> fuck you doing? <laughs> I said softer. 
So yeah, I try to like come up with a right a voice as close to what I remember it being. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A face, whatever, because it helps to paint the picture, and it's very entertaining. To yeah, me. it's entertaining. <laughs> if you're, I don't know, if you're telling a story, and there's no ending, it better be entertaining. And right. most people, um, comedians are pretty good at it because they just understand the flow of needing a beginning, middle, and end, and also having something to wrap it up in, and just having an ending, a punch of some sort. Right. Um, and so when you hear people that tell stories that are not comedians and they are bad, it's oof. I it's um I go out of my way. I'm I'm I it's not that I can't handle dead air and silence, but like I have to chime in with a joke it, or a question yeah, to kind of continue the story on and look for, for more yeah, 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 ammo yeah. for him to wrap it up on because it's just like oof, it's crippling socially. Um but it's also you know, some people like to sit in that awkwardness, but um <laughs> yeah, man, I think um, I think the big break you asked, uh, you know, my first TV gig was a guest star on According to Jim. It was a show with Jim Belushi in 2007, yeah. and I booked that. It was the season premiere, and I had three scenes, and I was like, here we go. <laughs> According to Jim, <laughs> I'm about to be a superstar. And then six years went by until I got another job. Isn't that, I mean, that's just how it goes, I guess. That's it, how it went for me. It's different for everybody. There's no blueprint, which is why. So you went back to Wolverine. Oh yeah, no, I was still doing Wolverine when I booked, when I right. shot that. I didn't get according to But, Jim and go, hey, take the claws <laughs> and the fangs and suck my sideburns. Did you want to uh, at that moment were you considering doing comedy as a stand-up or you acting was like movies, TV was the goal? I think I understood that I needed to do as much as possible and have as many skills and weapons at my disposal. And I always wanted to do stand-up. Yeah. And once I graduated acting school, I did a couple plays post-school, but it took up so much time. And YouTube had just hit, and I had done a lot of videos and sketches in high school. I ran, there was a, my sophomore year of high school, there was a, the senior class, and the leadership class took, uh, made, you know, people had these, you know, VHS cameras and whatever, and they they made a new show. They decided to make, uh, Shortcrest was our high school. They made SCNN. SC Shortcrest were our initials for the school. So SCNN, the, the student, uh, Shortcrest News Network. And so every Friday for three to five minutes, there'd be a, before, before every class on all the TVs in every classroom, they would play these uh, seniors, like eight seniors would do like, They'd start with them at a news desk and be like, there's a football game on Friday. And right. They'd, Every school does And none that. of them are yeah. funny. Mm -hmm. So I'm watching this being like, how the fuck are they on? Like, And then there was a guy, hey, it's, now let's go to this guy with weather. And then it would be a shitty edit. And then a guy would be, and then they'd dump water on a guy and go, oh, it's going to rain tomorrow. Mm. And then you hear a guy laughing in the background, dude, Jared, dude, do it again. We didn't get to what, you know. And then now let's go to the, and then a guy in a football uniform and, Make sure to get your ASB card and blah, blah, blah. And the game starts at seven. And Science Club, there's a, it was just all giving up uh, student announcements through this platform. And I'm watching it being like, man, what a cool opportunity. They're going to allow these guys to be on for five minutes in front of the whole school every Friday. So my uh, best friend at the time, this kid Kirk Huffman, um, we we made a bunch of funny home movies because uh, it would rain a lot in Seattle. You get a lot of good musicians, comedians, athletes out of the Northwest because you got to find a way to- To stay indoors. In indoor activities, yeah. you know? Right. And um, and so we started, uh, you know, fucking around making home movies and stuff. And we always loved the state, you know, with, with Tom Lennon and, and all those guys and, and Michael Showalter and- And um, SNL, obviously, and um, um, and Living Color. And so we just started to make funny movies. And um, 
So when we got to high school, we were like, what an opportunity. We took it over. They graduated. We took it over the next year and did it sophomore, junior, senior year. And by my senior year, it was 15 to 20 minutes long. So some teachers were like, fuck that. We're not playing this. This is almost a quarter of class. And we would turn into a sketch show. Like we really were shooting these full on sketches and using people wanted to be in it. And we do use teachers and we had characters and I bought all these wigs and we did all these and it was really fun. And so, so having that when YouTube hit, I tried to be active as far as putting up stuff, um, you know, to, to help just, you know, start to feel out if I'm on the right track comedy wise, yeah. not to really gain followers and start to make money, but just to be like, yeah, start throwing some shit out there and see how people respond and see if I'm even, you know, in the right vicinity comedy wise with what people are into. Yeah. I feel with actors and comedians and, and, and also their different muscles, but you need that external validation at one point. Someone Without saying, okay, you are, you're funny or yeah. you can do it. Who was that person or who, how did that happen for you? You know, my mom never, she always encouraged me, but she, she always thought I was great in the plays and, and, um, And, but she never like overly did it to where I had this false sense of, I, I, you know, probably my friends, you know, a handful, like a buddy of mine named Joe Ansonsich, um, uh, Adam French, Chris DeLeone, you know, you need people that make you laugh too, so that you, and those guys, uh, And my buddy Kirk, obviously, can name Colin Sullivan, Anthony Ariema. They were so funny to me. So when I made them laugh, I knew I was onto something. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, they were they were very funny to me and still are. And I make them laugh a lot, which is great. You know, now I'm you know doing it professionally. You know, whatever. But but they they don't just laugh at everything I say. They they we were so comfy and they've known me for so long that they just look at me. You know, not after they don't go, oh, it's according to Jim's Adam Ray. They don't, you know, you're supposed to laugh. That was, uh, we get, I'm laughing inside. Yeah, okay. like, <laughs> Wait, what's your Joker laugh? <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, I know. Yikes. <laughs> That's why I'm not. I'm done. the Pillsbury Doughboy as the Joker. <laughs> um, it, uh, yeah, it, I don't know. YouTube was helpful to kind of get some reps. Yeah. And then, yeah, like you said, it was... Um, We're doing all the open mics. All the open mics, stand-up. Um, uh, I started to do that. And then I was working in a casting office, trying to audition um, as much as possible for voiceover, commercials, acting. Then I stopped doing commercials because I was like, I'm, I'm, they're just picking wallpaper. And, and it, it, I realized yeah. a lot of the guys I was auditioning against knew the whole casting and producers way more than I did. So I was like, oh, one of them is going to get it. Right. And um, I went also went in for an Olive Garden commercial once. It was one of the last things I auditioned for. I was pretty hungover. They said, wear a, a nice suit. I could only find a sport coat and the Reading Rainbow t-shirt that I slept in the night before. I was in there pretty hungover. And I drove all the way to Santa Monica from Hollywood. And it was like 9 a.m. And the guy was like, all right, so you guys are just going to improvise a little scene before the actual dialogue. It's right up there. James, you're going to be guy one. Adam, be guy three. Uh, Lisa, be the girl, obviously. And Brian, you can be guy um, two, maybe four, if you can get that second line at the end. We'll improvise a little bit, a little bit of a scene, just like you guys are hanging out. Your friends are having dinner uh, and action. And I just go, <laughs> sorry, guys, long night. Went to see Jurassic Park 2. Not good. Not as good as the first. Does not hold up. Not as much dinosaur action. Um, and then I don't remember what happened after that. I think I slept in my car. Definitely still have puke on my jacket. Pass me a breadstick, David. And the guy goes, cut. Um, how about a real dinner conversation? Like actual friends. Have? And I was like, my bad, dude. I was just, I was pulling from what literally transpired. Like, 
you know, eight hours ago. And he goes, cool. Um, Brian, why don't you start off this? And Adam, just join in um, when you get to your line and then just leave it at that. And then I didn't talk again for the rest of the uh, right. commercial. And then, and then I just... So you, know, you, you didn't book it. I didn't book it. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been great if I did book it. They're like, this guy's different. This guy's got moxie. He does what he wants. Um, yeah, so I don't know. You you got to use all the stuff you got. And, you know, the um, the act, being on stage made me want to try stand-up. I always want to do SNL. I was like, a lot of those guys come from that background. Yeah. So in 2007, two years after I graduated, I was like, I'm going to start doing open mics. And I also loved being on the stage from doing plays. Mm-hmm. And I was doing a lot of improv and sketch, but it was getting like an improv group together to rehearse and, and and sketch stuff it was just um it was it was fine for the sketch videos but for improv stuff it was like man five six people to coordinate stand up all you got to worry about is you yeah and the few times i did it it was fun and it would be like oh that was a great experience and then that was awful and that back and forth contrast was like really exciting as far as like oh i want to if, if you're starting out stand-up, people are always like, you know, I, I want to try it or I want to do this. It's like, well, try it for sure if you want. There's no uh, n- nothing that says you can't try it. Um, people that always say, I've been thinking about trying. I'm like, you're not going to do it. Right. You just, you know, no, it's, that's fine if you've been thinking about it for like a couple of days and then you're like, I'm going up. It's a very scary thing. It is scary. And I think you know yeah. early on, either you have a set where you bomb and you go, fuck, that sucked. I'm going up tomorrow or later tonight. Where else can I go up so I can erase that feeling and improve and and just yeah you have to have again. that inside if you not that, if not you quit yeah if you have the feeling of that sucked and never want to feel that again i'm going to go curl into a ball in the shower and right. and and cry and 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 um you know videotape it and send it to you know my dad <laughs> and be like is this what you want you know whatever it is that you got from that um <laughs> has to be something that makes you want to to try again and get better. What is the the biggest movie? Well, you were in the heat. I I, I love. He was kind of the first thing I think that made that gave uh, me a little bit of a boost as far as like, and also validate. Honestly, so many auditions up to that point. I mean, Andrew and Bobby can attest to this. It's like, it's never one thing, but it definitely, you know, you need something substantial to kind of, again, validate all the the grinding and, yeah. and um, cause it, you can get so monotonous and that's why stand up podcasting. Yeah. Sketches, all that stuff. Um, and just creating is so ne- uh, necessary. Um, because you, if you're just relying on those auditions to pan out, you're going to, yeah, but you have a scenes, I mean, very memorable scenes. Like it's not like, a, Oh yeah. And you're working with Sandra Bullock and, totally. so, and so making that, friendships from that movie. Right. Special. I mean, all, you know, yeah. Any, any cool stories with, uh, Sandra oh, Bullock? And- well, getting to, I remember getting to, you know, you know, I remember my mom's friend uh, from temple was like, what did her boobs smell like? Um, <laughs> cause I got to motorboat her in the movie and Sandra is a legend. I mean, she is as cool as she is nice as she is gorgeous as she is funny and just a so professional and so normal. And so cool. It's like, it really gave me a um, a nice, um, you know, uh, reminder of just like, oh, you can be in this business for a while and do a lot of cool shit and, and It'll keep be normal. it. Yeah. yeah. And Melissa McCarthy, same way. And Paul Feig, you know, directing it was just coming off Bridesmaids and was so... He was on the such top a fan of, yes. of of uh, making a funny the movie as funny as possible. Michael McDonald, Michael Rappaport, Joey McIntyre met a lot of really cool people from that. Yeah. I've stayed uh, real real close in touch with, 
which I know doesn't happen all the time, but but it was a couple months of being around each other and shooting the shit. And yeah, I guess Sandra, you got you got along with them well because you did spy too, you know, spy like, and yeah, right? me and spy and Ghostbusters yeah. and uh, this all of that. good and evil and and he yeah he calls me his little good luck charm. He like he likes to keep throwing me and shit and you know and and you just hope that as your stock grows, he finally puts me in something where the part's a little bit more uh, substantial. I just did this uh, John Cena action movie with him called Grand Theft Lotto, I think, with Aquafina and John Cena. I think it comes out in um. I think the new year or uh, December, but um, real funny action comedy. I think it's gonna be on Amazon, but yeah, but um, yeah, that really gave me a, a nice boost. And then, you know, it doesn't. You don't start. Bobby even told me it's so funny. He goes, "We went back because uh, I just started headlining after that." He was like, "You're done touring with me. You're in movies now." I was like, "I'm in one movie. It's not changing anything." That's like, a, you're done. 2012. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, 2013 when the movie came out, he's like, "You got to start headlining and try to start doing whatever." And, and so I did, and and. But I remember he goes, guess what? When you come back, he was like, have fun shooting. That's so big. It's awesome. It's going to be great. But when you come back to the comedy store, he's like, it's just back back, back to the grind. He's like, and it's not going to mean shit. And no one's going to fucking care and whatever. And it was, you know, he said it with a smile. And it wasn't like he was trying to pull the rug out from under me. But he was trying to give me a, yeah, it's a, a dose of, yeah, 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 like a dose of reality of like, don't settle. Don't slow down and stop because you think things are going to come pouring in. And they didn't, you know, I got some cooler opportunities, um, but you still got to cash in on those. And um And I've I've kept it steady. I think it's you just want to work, man, and you want to keep stacking the chips. Every year, I want to I want to get better in, in all facets than I was the year before, and and hopefully, you know, be in be in cool projects that people want to see. You know, I had a this you know scene in Barbie was was longer than it ended up being. It's only <laughs> a couple lines, but it was yeah. a nice longer scene with Margot and Ryan and. And it gets chopped down. You got no control over that. But getting to do it was cool. The experience of it was great. Right. And um, and uh, Pam and Tommy uh, led to Chippendales because of that guy just liking what I did with Jay Leno and that. So you just, again, you want to control what you can control. Do your job. Be nice. Don't be a piece of shit. I don't think there's any prerequisite of like you have to be fun on set. But like it doesn't hurt if you're not... If you're chumming people up and like, no, it's, it looks like a very healthy. I don't know if you saw the Brian Cranston like um, advice to actors, and no, they no, feel no. like very much in that philosophy. Like, oh no, no, you're not there to get a job. You're there to show them what you can do. Yeah, and then you walk out of that audition and you forget about it. You do your best. That's yeah. Oh, totally. And like that, you don't, they don't owe you anything. No, they, that is sound advice because right, we've all had those moments where you walk out and you're just like. You're fixated on it, and you're like, right. "I want this so bad," but you got to just go. It's done. Out leave it alone. Control. Don't second guess. Um, but you know, and, and acting and stand up are so synonymous at this point, where it's like, you know, the more you get of one, hopefully you get more opportunities yeah. in the other. But um, people ask a lot too, and I'm sure, uh, I'm sure Andrew and Bobby have gotten asked this, where it's like, uh, and I don't know what you like better, stand up or or uh, acting, but. but um, I mean, I I never so I met all of the big comedians through their movies first, you know. Like mm -hmm. I, growing up in Spain, like I couldn't watch stand up. There was not. I mean, there was stand up in Spanish, Who's but the not comedian the, in Spain. That is there any sort of Chappelle? No, there's nothing nothing like that. No, there's they're doing like monologues, like they call it monologues as, as the stand up, but they're not the same thing. And here is huge. So Robin Williams and and. I knew him from his movies, you yeah. know. I saw oh, Peter Pan and uh, whatever. Like I never flubber. You're right, and then you I, struck me as a big flubber kid. <laughs> yeah, I was a flubber kid. <laughs> uh, so I, I then I start watching what they were doing. It's like, oh wow, all these people come from comedy, and, yeah. and they have that timing, that music musicality that 
it's cool to have that timing for movies, even if you're yeah. doing that dramatic or the Steve Carell. And oh, I love Steve like Carell, Steve Martin, yeah. Chris right. Farley. I mean, John Belushi, Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Carrie Sandler. Did you like Sandler at all? I, that was a the little movie. harder for me to get into, yeah. you know, but my wife is the same way. But and when he, but he does something like Punch Drunk Love and it's like, wait, like he also has these chops that totally. I've never seen. And like Uncut Gems. Right, right, right. And oh yeah, yeah. So, so good. when he's acting like that, I love it. I, yeah. I it's so cool to see that people can do both because yeah. it's not an easy thing. I think yeah. comedy because with comedy you know when you're not doing well. Like it's totally. it's, it's it's quick, you know, you don't need uh Oh, that's another the great verdict thing about comes immediately. One thousand. That's another <laughs> great thing about stand up where it's like you get that <laughs> You you take a new bit to the stage and you know instantaneously if people are on board or not. Right, and that's the the fun of it is trying to. I mean, Bill Burr I think is the best at like digging a hole and almost <laughs> almost setting the room up to go to be like, wait, what? Right, and then getting them fully on board by the end and being and and yeah, the confidence you have to have to do something. Yeah, let's do some rapid questions. So let's do it first, which you're get... gonna be great at rapid uh, questions. First, all right, here we go. Rapid fire questions. Adam, first, can I get a hit of that joint? Can you what? Can I get a hit of that joint? Oh, yeah. Yeah, hit me. Hit me, hit me. <laughs> all right, all right, here we go. Here we go. Rapid fire questions, here we go. <clears throat> all right. So I've, oh, man, what am I doing? Sci-fi or fantasy? Uh, let's go fantasy. Hulu or Netflix? Oof. <laughs> Damn, I mean, Hulu's giving me the most employment. Although, <laughs> damn, dude, you don't buy the, the wow, hand Laurel that... or Yanni, right? <laughs> um, don't bite the hand that that. That's yeah, fuck, man. <laughs> hey, man, Netflix hasn't given me a, a special yet, so we're going Hulu, baby. Hell yeah! What's your guilty pleasure movie? Norbit. I think oh, Norbit's <laughs> fucking <a> one. <laughs> so funny. I think. Eddie Murphy as those characters as Raspusa, I think is her name, the uh, the heavy set gal, is so funny. And they didn't let him host the Oscars. Or no, he didn't win the Oscar for Dreamgirls, uh, allegedly, because Norbert came out like a week before. And everybody was like, we ain't giving an Oscar to that guy, which is so fucked. But Norbert. Norbert, excellent. I push that movie on Friends all the time, and they're like, I'm deleting your number. Yep. Can you give me your best action movie one-liner before blowing someone away? If you can't take the heat, get your own pot pie. <laughs> Sorry about the fire. I fuck flames without a condom. My name's Jerry. Jerry Fire Guy. <laughs> nice. That's, nice. That's great. Yeah. I'll give you a couple options. <laughs> if you could erase one movie from your memory, what would it be? Two girls, one cup. <laughs> oh god oh my god yeah <laughs> me too uh, i mean i don't know if that's a full feature short, short film more short film category <laughs> yeah. yeah was it yeah, I think, did it hit the uh, time uh, length to be considered for a sundance short <laughs> i i think Can you so. imagine that those girls the same way that like you know i've done uh short films where they're like we're gonna try to like show up at, at 10 we're gonna have you out by noon mm-hmm Let's say the director of Two Girls One Cup did that. Let's say let's say they shot that at seven a.m. and he's like, "You'll be wiping the poop off your face by nine thirty, and you can get you'll still be able to hit a breakfast spot." Yeah, I don't think they did many takes on that one. No, I think that was a one and done. <laughs> a wonder. 
I want to know who wrote the music. <laughs> I want to know who found the girls. Yeah. And where are they? VH1's where are they now? Two girls, one cup. I think I'd love you, to do the VH. You want to have too much information. <laughs> In 2005, Mary Jane's and Kimberly Swank, no relation to Hillary, embarked on a journey of poop and puke. Who coincidentally are the names of the beach cops that they're trying to pitch in a cartoon about Venice beach cops called Puke and Poop, Rob Puke and Dan Poop. Look, I'll never forget where I was on 9-11 and who sent me the link to Two Girls, One Cup. Mm -hmm. And that is what's great about this country is you can, the highs and lows, those two things, I don't put them on the same wavelength at all as far as tragedies go but um but they hit they hit hard mm-hmm. you know i just i never have forgotten either one all right ridley scott's original alien or james cameron's sequel aliens i'm going first alien man hell yeah yeah uh besides dark knight what movie have you rewatched the most dumb and dumber <laughs> as good as it gets and moneyball with brad pitt nice what is the most annoying thing that people do in movie theaters Man, time time out your crunches and your bag opens. Yes. Time that out, man. Time it out. Like, do it before the movie starts. You are such a fucking piece of shit if the movie's 12 minutes in and you're like... Also, yeah, wait for an explosion. Yeah, wait for the explosion. <laughs> yeah. You heard the man. Wait for the explosion. If there's anything you learned from today's show... Right. What is it? <laughs> Wait for the explosion. Nope, you said it better the first time. <laughs> We're going with the first take. <laughs> Would you rather have a beer with Maroney or Commissioner Gordon? I think Commissioner Gordon. Just because, you know, the cartoon version of Commissioner Gordon from the Batman cartoon was always a lot of fun. Yeah. I don't know who who voiced him, but it was always a guy like this. <laughs> always a cartoon. The commissioner is always a, a, a gravel, heavy shed, bald mustache. You know, I look like I make my own kettle corn. You know, I look like I could, I look like I named my dog Queef. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to get Batman. We got to get Batman back into the Gotham City rigmarole because we got too many thugs and, and not enough hugs. Yeah. Commissioner Gordon, out. <laughs> nice. Last question. If your life was a movie, what would the title be? Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, so before we close, I have a few questions relating the movie to your life. So the joke. The Joker loves chaos. What's the wildest, most chaotic uh, thing that you have experienced in your life? I did a show in Paso Robles, California, uh, a year into being Wolverine at the top of a brewery. 300 people packed in. They don't have any comedy clubs out there. My buddy Brett Riley booked this uh, show out there. He used to live there. And uh, I'm doing bits about being Wolverine. And um, <laughs> and I... Uh, it's going well. The crowd's very uh, generous with their with their laughs. And there's a woman off to the corner about 15 feet away from me. It's in wine country, so everyone's getting hammered. And she starts saying some things to me, and I'm, I kind of chirp back. And then she was like, come give me a kiss. And I was like, should I give her a, let her give me a kiss? And I go over there. She licks the side of my face. I go, Jesus, I think I got herpes and AIDS in the same dose or the same you know lick. That gets a hacky laugh. And then I'm looking down to think of my next move. And I see in my peripheral vision... She didn't like that, that I got to laugh at her expense. And I see her holding up her wine glass and does that. And I see that in my perif. I didn't have enough wherewithal to like put it together of what was happening. So I didn't have enough time to really clock it and turn or duck. I just see that. 
So I go, ah, and I put my hand up. The base of the wine glass hits my palm in a way that was, you know, a little, little toasty, a little sweaty, a little balmy, and sticks just enough for long enough for it to stick to my hand like that, and I could wrap my so hand did, around did the base. Wolverine. So I caught a wine glass out of midair. I realize it. I, I, I turn. I see it. I look to the crowd. I go, ha! <laughs> Everybody goes fucking, ha! <laughs> like nuts. I walk over. I set it down in front of her. Again, I'm four minutes removed from doing Wolverine bits. And I go, I told you I'm Wolverine, bitch. Don't fuck with me. Crowd goes nuts. I get off stage. People remind me shots. I get smoked out uh, by a couple in the back of a, a two door, like, you know, Subaru. They had, they got into a big fight while I'm in the back smoking a blunt. They start fighting and like getting into a really big fight to where she's like, I'm leaving you, Greg. And I'm in the back be like, you guys mind just opening that door? Let me slide out. Really? It seems like you got something you got to handle. I'm a little too high, a little too drunk. I feel like you might just drive off and I'm going to be in the back here. I get out and make it back to the courtyard Marriott and Paso Robles. <laughs> I am blackout. We're talking uh, Batman blackout times two. And this is the second time. The third time was in uh, Vegas about a year ago. And since then, I've, I've been, uh, been you know, even keeled. But uh, pass out in the shower. I get in the shower, fully clothed. I'm like, I got to just wet down and sober up. I lean up against the shower like I lost a big game. Waters. All of a sudden, I wake up. I fall out of the shower. I wake up as I'm falling out of the shower. I fell asleep standing up in the shower. I wake up. Could have knocked my head uh, onto the concrete or the uh, tile. My roommate at the time, this kid, Will Clifton, guy from Kansas, military dude, real thick uh, Midwest accent. He's like, brother, you just fall out of the fucking shower? I go, no, man, I'm shaving. He goes, how come there's water seeping out under the fucking door, dude? Brother, you fell out of the fucking shower. I go, I'm fine, Will, mind your business. I get back in the shower, fall asleep again, fall out of the shower again. He hears, gunk. He goes, brother, you definitely fell out of the shower that time. He goes, open the door, brother. I go, no, man, this is embarrassing. He's like, just open the door. I open the door, I'm sopping wet. I opened a, a chicken pot pie I had from a, I think it was a, a Stouffer's or a Lean Cuisine of some sort from the, the hotel snack uh, lounge. I, I opened it. I couldn't get it open. The microwave didn't work. I threw it against the window, fucking smacked. It shattered the window, and then I fell asleep. I get a call the next morning from the uh, the manager of the courtyard. So you're going to have to pay $350 to fix the window. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, apparently you threw a Lean Cuisine at it last night. I don't know what was happening, but your roommate said you fell asleep in the shower. So I go to Will. I was like, the fuck, man? You ratted me. I was like, brother, man, you just, what was I supposed to do, man? You broke the window with a, with a, with a cuisine. <laughs> anyway, so that was one of the darkest wow. nights of yeah, my life. Yeah, that was, that, that was a dark Ooh. night. Yes. I'm paralyzed from the neck down. That's all right, man. Nobody's perfect. <laughs> Okay, uh, one of the big themes of the movie, uh, things that I think that make this movie great is that it has this duality, you know, they have two composers, there's a Batman and Bruce Wayne, there's like, you know... There's a Batman uh, and Bruce Wayne? <laughs> and Bruce Wayne. Oh, Bruce Wayne, yeah. And there, there is a... Uh, there probably is a Batman and Bruce Wayne. It's a great documentary. <laughs> if you want to make that film, I'll, I'll narrate it. You'll, you'll, you'll there's be There's a it. Batman everywhere. Alaska, <laughs> Australia. Fair. And places that you would not expect... Like Brisbane, Portugal. But do that, you do you do you have a a Batman Bruce Wayne? Uh, do you have a uh, two personalities or not? You're always. Well, I'm a Gemini, so yeah. I think uh, historically we have um, two two sides to us. That's not what they told you. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, no, there there's um there's yeah there's the uh, there's the upbeat like party side, and then there's the I need to take a chill pill and and you know be by myself for a bit. Yeah. Uh, Another big, big theme of the movie is that the Joker brings us fear. 
So what 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 are your biggest fears? Oh, this podcast going another ten minutes. Right. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, truly, something. Uh, yeah, like my mom, I say, is like my hero. Did the single mom thing. Mm-hmm. She's uh, just my biggest champion and just uh, the greatest person I've ever met. Something happening is happening to her. You know, death is imminent, right? Um, but uh, I just want her to be around as long as possible. So mm-hmm. yeah. That's truly probably what I think about too often. And as you get older and your folks get older, you just think about it too frequently. So I try to be go home as much as possible. I just was up there uh, a few weeks ago for about a week, and um, she had a sh- shoulder surgery, and a friend passed. So I tried to go up there to to just cheer her up. And um, but yeah, that's that's probably yeah. number one. That's the worst thing about getting older, right? It's like when your parents are oh, not man, taking care of you anymore. You're like the, the, the yeah, you're taking changes. care one thousand. But right. you know, it's it's man, it's life. Yeah. And, uh, but I, I hope she's around as long as possible. And do you have or have you had an Alfred uh, in your life, like someone who has support you, a mentor? Yeah, mom for sure. And and I'll throw Bobby Lee's name in there. Bobby was so instrumental in my uh, transition from <laughs> Wolverine to full, to full time stand up. Um, How did that happen? Was he like? Were you doing open mics at we the time? We matched on Grinder. You... Yeah. Well, he, uh, he was real aggressive. <laughs> That's how he ha- has found a few yeah, of his open Yeah, he's found a few of his uh, <laughs> yeah. openers. Yeah. Sandy Danto, I know he met on Grinder, <laughs> and um, Carlos for sure. Uh, yeah, he. Um, we were at the comedy store, and he saw me go up, and he was like, man, you crushed. You want to open some colleges for me? I was like, yeah. Oh, my God. And I just, and I, you know, and, and the first guy, there was a big guy like that that came up to me, really, at the comedy store. And then he brings me down to Tommy, who was the booker at the time, and goes, Tommy, put this guy up in the original room. You should pass him. He's really funny. And Tommy goes, well, you think you could go up and crush right now after Bobby, who murders all the time? And I go, <laughs> yeah, I, I could not. But I said, yeah. He goes, well, we're gonna, why don't you work here? Get a job here, and then we'll, we'll, take, we'll, we'll slowly filter you in. And I did that for about three, five years, working the phones. Got to be more comfortable at the store. And, uh, and then Bobby started taking me on the road with him, the more uh, reps I got. And then that was invaluable experience to not only do stand up outside of LA, but to travel and to meet these clubs and, uh, you know, which yeah. paid dividends down the line and, and to do 30 minutes sometimes. One time Bobby was like, do 45, I'm going to do 20. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, it was, it, uh, it was just a, an awesome time. And, um, and he definitely, uh, he knows that he's being that way, but I don't think he, You know, you compliment him on it. Like, He doesn't like to yeah, yeah. acknowledge the yeah. Yeah, the greatness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the Dark Knight also explored the theme of sacrifices. So what's the biggest sacrifice you've made? I mean, God, I, I initially thought of my health, but I don't want to. <laughs> that's a dark answer. Mm. Um, but this is the Dark Knight <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> movie review show. So, um <laughs> Sacrifice probably, and I feel like I, I'm I'm really good to my friends. I'm a very loyal friend. I'm a very supportive friend. I I take pride in that. Whether it's remembering them on birthdays or a buddy of mine just had uh, surgery and and sending stuff to his house before he got back from the hospital, stuff like that. Um, uh, you know, being thankful and, and appreciative and um and just trying to go out of my way to to share the stuff that I get to experience with a lot of my friends when I go home to Seattle or, or, you know, when I got to play in the NBA celebrity all-star game in 2019 <laughs> with Brad, we went to Charlotte and I got a couple extra tickets so that two of my best buds from Seattle could come out and share all that with us. And just things like that. I try to be cognizant of, um, mm. 
but you do but you do sacrifice like i've missed some weddings i've missed the first gig bobby took me on i missed one of my best buds wedding because bobby was like you want to come on the road here's the first weekend and i thought if i said no that was gonna he wouldn't ask me again and he told me he goes yeah i probably wouldn't have so and and then i was on the road with him for three years and that was a big career uh uh shift so um so yeah. sacrifice the social life stuff i've sacrificed uh early on i i um sometimes think back of like what i missed out on but um um what, what's the biggest sacrifice man yeah you'd sacrifice a lot of personal life for a lot of personal career. life stuff yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's but unfortunately you can't have a plan B. You got to go full steam ahead. You only get one shot at it. You only get one life. Right. Unless you know, unless Tony Robbins comes <laughs> out with some, you know, new seminar about like you actually live three times <laughs> while you're living. You know, it was Mike Lindell actually, not Tony Robbins. <laughs> uh, buy my pillow. It's not my pillow. It's your pillow. But if I come to your house and come on it, it's, is it is it my pillow again? Even though it's your head sleeping on it. <laughs> yeah. You, <laughs> um so uh yeah i'd say the personal life stuff but now i feel like i'm 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 getting back to uh trying to like you said earlier take uh the foot off the gas and, and be around fam and friends more because mm-hmm. we're getting older man you know yeah. and as the joker said why so furious <laughs> what's your definition of success when you love what you do and you're making money from it i love that Yes, that's great. Uh, okay, so for those who haven't seen this movie, why should they watch The Dark Knight? Because it's um, you're going to see one of the greatest performances in movie history. You get to see Aaron Eckhart, um, you know, do a pretty good job of acting while getting burnt with, is it kerosene, gasoline? Ga- yeah, gas. Diarrhea. Yeah, he's getting some. <laughs> up in his cheekbone area and he's <laughs> it was all right um maggie gyllenhaal is uh pretty stupendous i don't use that word too much but um heath ledger will make you uh question everything you thought about acting and uh the film is entertaining and we go to the movies like nicole kidman said <laughs> to be entertained Whoop, who was that that was not nicole kidman she uh we the movies go to the movies because we love heart we love romance and like my friend andre says we love explosions <laughs> my name's adam ray and i love the dark knight thank you so much adam for doing this dude pleasure 